Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me in the 300 level of the Air Canada Center, Eric Green. Eric, how are you? Just pumped for the radio show, Radiohead show we're about to see. Yeah, so the Air Canada Center right now is... Is not the Air Canada Center. Yeah, it's radio... Oh, yeah, Scotiabank Arena, first of all. Right there. Yes. Oh, the, the giant maple leaf is still up for anyone who is wondering about that giant leaf that hibernates within the scoreboard <laughs> at what is formerly the Air Canada Center. Still there, hasn't been taken out yet. Also, Atlantic Division Championship banners, still hanging. Not the 2017-18 one, though. No, not yet. Doesn't exist. Not yet. Not yet. The 2018-19 one, not yet. 2018-19 banner of traded for Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's why we're here. We are, uh, you know, we're not here for Coldplay, thank God. Ra- Radiohead. Radiohead, what's the difference? There is a big difference. Jeez, yeah. um, was Coldplay here recently? Is that why I was I don't know. Coldplay? It's just they're British. They're, you know, they have portmanteau names, sort of. Yeah. This is all... It's racist of me towards British people, I guess. To assume they're all the same. Yeah, the... Oasis I think, is getting I think, back together because of some drunk tweets. Honestly, I think the British have... I'm talking historically here, not currently. They have delivered enough racism and colonial colonization yes. that if you're going to besmirch them, it, you know, the ledger is still... Uh, yeah, leaning cool. in their direction. Yeah. They're fine. I mean, still, I'm a, you know, as I'll, a early 30s, middle class, straight white guy, I'm in a bit of a glass house there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, besmirch is a great word. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's it's one of my favorites. Did, uh, you know, is Kawhi Leonard going to besmirch the Raptors yes. by not showing up? So we're here at Segway. Arena because the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday... Traded DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertle, and a top 20 protected 2019 first-round draft pick to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Kawhi Leonard is uh, an enigma over the last year. He had a nebulous quad injury that limited him to nine games where the Spurs felt he was healthy. He did not. Spurs teammates called him out a little bit on not playing through it. Um, Eventually, he forced his way out of San Antonio as recently as Summer League, the Raptors thought they were fourth in line for a potential Kawhi Leonard trade, and then it all came together quickly. That happened Wednesday. We're at Scotiabank Arena on Friday, where Masai Ujiri just landed from Kenya, where he was with Bismarck Biombo and Barack Obama. In, uh, in that order of importance. Yeah. You see how good business looking? Come on. Come on. The return. Yeah. Um, business back in Charlotte, baby. He lands back in Toronto immediately to Scotiabank Arena, where he just delivered a press conference sans Kawhi Leonard, sans Danny Green. Who apparently are not in Toronto yeah. uh, ev- yet, even though the scuttlebutt via, I believe, uh, San Antonio News Express, Express yes. News, Express yeah, News, um, story said they were going to be. Maybe that is delayed. Yeah, they were supposed. Maybe they were Kawhi Leonard is refusing today. to be here. I don't know. Yeah. Xavier Thames doesn't show up to Toronto for no reason. Kawhi Leonard's here somewhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, that that stuff. Basically, the, the takeaway from the press conference was it was half a kind of a wake for DeMar DeRozan's tenure as a Toronto Raptor, and then half Masai being uh, a little excited and also like, hey, there's a lot to figure out still. Yeah. So I wasn't spoke to Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi's agent, or Uncle Dennis face-to-face, 
they've had productive conversations over the phone, it sounds like. But there's a lot to figure out still. Uh, rewinding from before the press conference, obviously both of us have written about it a ton at this point. Yeah, but you're I, have, I have no original thoughts yes, left. I'm just, uh, I'm plagiarizing myself. Look, there are people who definitely listen to this podcast and don't read our stuff. So for them... Well, don't do that. Yeah, what did you think I get paid of? off my written word, not this. Yeah. Jeez. Ungrateful jerks. Anyway, what did you think of the, <laughs> the trade? Uh, it smells very much of stale beer in this section. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, the trade was good. It was a good basketball trade. An acceptable risk that they took. Uh, we, on the Athletic Toronto, which you should subscribe to because it helps contribute to both of our... Uh, you know, living life and whatnot. Uh, a week ago, or eight days ago, we speculated on what a Kawhi Leonard trade might look like. And I believe my, you know, you asked me the furthest I would go. And I said, Pascal Siakam, maybe DeLon Wright, uh, this year's first and a protected first from 2021. Uh, so it's... And I, I understand, and I, I think you saw you said that the highest you'd go is maybe something like Demar, OG, and this year's first was that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I would have included one pick, and I would have been hesitant to, to include, include a OG second. To, yeah, yeah, a second pick, and the, the OG thing, obviously, that would have been. But we were talking about ceilings. Yes. Um, what happened is the market didn't emerge like we thought. We thought more teams would be in well I, I that that's one thing that happened I, I thought more teams would be very interested in acquiring Leonard as a risk uh, as a rental I should say and the other thing that happened is the Spurs prioritized getting an all-star back and it makes sense with Greg Popovich's timeline but I don't think most teams in that situation are operating like that with those priorities uh, so from an asset for asset trade and given uh, the mitigation of the risk in, in what they gave up and DeRozan, the protected first, and Jakob Pertl, who I see as, you know, maybe the fourth most interesting young player on the roster. Yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, we've ranked these before yeah. in reasonable, so I think he's... I thought he was the most willing to trade that I would Yeah. Be. Maybe DeLon Wright because yeah. he's 26 and a year and from free agency. Yeah, but... Fourth or fifth Puddle, is what we're saying. Pops out as a very good backup or an okay. Start. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, it, weirdly, his, that might also be his floor. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's just what. It, yeah. Anyway, I I think the Raptors did great from an asset perspective. Yeah, from a pure and I, yeah, perspective. Yeah, that's not the complicated part of this trade, I don't yeah. think. But we should talk about the actual basketball part of the trade too. Yeah. Which, in your mind, does it make them the best team in the Eastern Conference? Assuming Kawhi, don't assume 2016-17 Kawhi Leonard. Assume. 90% of them. So he's merely a top five player instead of in the MVP conversation. Yeah. All the way to the, the, top the, the, the very top. I think Boston is a hair above them. Trader. Um, I think, and there's just so many unknowns on both sides of this, right? I, I know you're telling me what to assume, but what do we assume on Boston's end? Do we assume... Uh, internal growth from Brown and Tatum and Irving and Hayward to be exactly where they, uh, you know, left off when they were last playing at the peak of their powers. Because I think that team has slightly more going for it on both, not defensively, but 
certainly, I think, offensively than this team. But it's really close. Like, it's, it's neck and neck, and I'd love to see that series at, you know, the full powers of both teams. Yeah, that would be, I mean, more than just that they're of equal quality. On paper, the, they're a very interesting matchup. And it's been long overdue, too. We've been yes. waiting for a Raptors-Celtics series for a few years now, and it never yes. happens. Twitter will destruct into itself. I mean, it's, it already does that every single day, yeah. but even worse if it's Raptors-Celtics. Um, okay, so from a basketball perspective, completely justifiable move. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is, you know, Masai Ujiri made the point that, like, any time a talent like that is available, you have to explore it because you don't get a talent like that yeah. otherwise. And in this case, there was this interesting confluence of factors where really the Raptors only chance at getting Kawhi Leonard was in a situation or any player like Kawhi Leonard is where there are factors that have diminished that player's market value because they didn't have the trade assets to get Kawhi Leonard if his situation was such that Boston or Philly would include a chip or LA would include a a bigger chip than yeah you know what doesn't happen anymore a player asks out of his current situation but just says, oh, I'm willing to go anywhere, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's not what happens with superstars. So yeah. uh, it's, he was right. Like, he, you know, no, no player was going was gonna to become available of Leonard's caliber, of which there are maybe five in the league, and say, oh, I'll go anywhere. Yeah. And... Or I, I like Toronto. I show, I'll go I'll come to Toronto. Like, they're just it's not a, there. It's a huge bet by Yajiri on, basically, I mean, not the steal of Fred Van Vliet, but it's a big bet on himself. Yeah. Because he's not going to be selling Kawhi Leonard on just Masai Yajiri, but he's going to be the point man on that pitch where he's trying to sell him on, look at the pieces we'll have around you. Look at what the Eastern Conference looks like. Look at how much more money we can offer you next summer. Uh, look at the fact that you, if you hold out, you might lose your status as an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Uh, look at this cool city. No matter what Rick Buecher wants to put out there about how cold you were at All-Star Weekend. Uh, guess what? I was cold too. He yeah. Was, yeah, my beard froze during a run. Uh, but yeah, he's coming to Toronto at the exact right time to sell him on the city. Caravan is soon. Yeah. You know? Um, Drake's coming through soon, middle of August. I thought your point about Drake saying hello and goodbye in the same Instagram post uh, was on point. Mm. Those are two different posts, Drake. Yeah. Um, Did I make that point? I thought I thought it was you. Maybe. Maybe it was somebody I don't know else. How I'm making that point. Okay. I don't know. Somebody on Twitter. I just assume all tweets are yours. <laughs> Most. <laughs> Most tweets are yours. Yeah. Um, is there about the G1 climax? It is a huge bet on on himself. At the same time. If he fails, I think he's fine with that. And that's that's my takeaway from both the trade and further confirmed by the press conference. Because he didn't come in here saying, uh, we've had great talks, I'm really confident, uh, I know what Kawhi is about. Uh, he did sell because he... He, of course, he's going to sell, but he didn't come in here, you know, over-promising and and with any amount of swagger. And now maybe the PR hit he took in the last few days, which we'll get to, I'm sure, um, present prevented such an approach. But it's not like he called it a challenge, um, and he acknowledged basically where the Raptors are as a market. Uh, yeah. 
externally from an external view. Like, obviously, we think it's great. Lots of NBA players love it. But again, nobody's forcing their way to Toronto. Right. Nobody's forcing their way to 26 or 27 different teams. Yeah. That's fine. And, and the way it's always gone is when guys get here, we initially hear the backlash, and then they come around on it. Having yeah. Serge Ibaka and Patrick Patterson and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry said he was going to be, he thought it was like a two-year, uh, you know. Patrick Patterson almost asked for a trade. Yeah. Not uh, that he's ever had the cachet to be able to ask for one. Yeah. I would politely tell him no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, sit out. See yeah, how that we goes. Have movie theaters here too, Pat. Yeah. Um, you can watch. Never mind. Not getting into Patrick Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should be talking about uh, in the wake of the biggest uh, move in franchise history is Patrick Patterson. Do you think it's the biggest move in franchise history? Like the I only think one it's. I think it's the trading away Vince. I think it's the biggest acquisition of talent in yes. franchise history. Uh, so, yes. Is it a bigger moment than the Vince trade? We'll I think it's bolder because the Vince trade had to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then this... I mean, the interesting thing about this one is that, like, obviously the Vince trade was garbage and it set the franchise back. The downside of this gamble is not that extreme. It's yeah, mostly, and that's what I was talking about before I interrupted myself. Yeah, with like, other it's thoughts. mostly a... P, it, it, obviously, if Kawhi Leonard were to walk... If Kawhi Leonard were to play and play not to his... Like, if he were merely an all-star um, and then he walks after a year and the Raptors don't make the NBA Finals, it would look... It would certainly look bad from a PR perspective. But in terms of what would have happened had the Raptors run things back and met that same fate, uh, things are not materially different. You're out Jakob Pertl and you're out the 2019 first-round pick and you're out whatever the opportunity cost of not being able to trade DeRozan down the line is... And that's the interesting thing, interesting thing, right? Because we've heard a lot of smart people, uh, and I, I think I'm thinking particularly of Zach Lowe's podcast uh, about this trade, say of any star player, DeRo- the opinion on DeRozan is like the most split. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's no consensus on him. Uh, some of the trades that have been talked about him, you know, come for like a late lottery pick as the as the centerpiece maybe like uh, and now having seen him in summer league that framework that was kicked around with Shea Alexander oh my god yeah should have done it I mean he's not Kawhi Leonard but but he will be yes (laughs) sweet boy Shea Alexander he is so good well they'll get him when they'll trade Kawhi to the Clippers at the deadline so it's fine yeah I don't think there's I don't put a lot I know a couple people including Zach have mentioned that as a possibility I I see it as a very low like things would have to go disastrously and then if they go disastrously what what is the market yeah Yeah, like Like, are you getting a first round pick with Luol Deng's bloated contract like is that the deal you're getting like why Maybe. Would, the, like the Clippers could be motivated to yeah. get him because then Just, he's in LA and then yeah. they, they have his bird rights. Yeah. And maybe that's the difference between the Clippers and the Lakers, but the Lakers aren't going to give you anything. No. The Lakers have this hubris that is like maybe not well earned anymore, but like it's there and LeBron James has certainly refreshed that hubris. LeBron just telling them to do whatever is hilarious. Yeah. So uh, Poor risk, Dan Gilbert. Yeah, the risk obviously makes sense. Now, the big hit here, and Masai press conference was a lot of him being put on the defensive by people asking questions about the treatment of DeMar DeRozan. Um, I thought, Which he opened with, by the way. Yes, he did. He apologized for what he said was a possible gap in 
miscommunication. I think he meant communication. Yes. Um, Although if there's a gap of, in communication, there's also a gap in miscommunication. Yes. Um, basically, his point was he believes that when he sat down with DeMar DeRozan, they outlined the current plans and what they expected from DeRozan. Uh, and his point was that at that point in time, he has to operate as if the team they have is the team they have. Yeah. Now, clearly, based on what's been put out there, DeMar DeRozan felt that he was told he wasn't getting traded. Now, whether he asked explicitly or he just feels like he was misled, um, it's not a great look. I think were it any player other than DeMar DeRozan, Dirk Nowitzki, and maybe a half dozen other guys in the league, um, it's not as big a deal. Yeah. But because DeRozan is one of the few who, you know, the word loyalty is not just imaginary yeah. in sports. Um, how did you feel about, about that side of it? Before I get into it, did he say that they, when he talked to DeRozan, they, he felt they were fourth in line yes. for a Kawhi trade? Yes. I think I was tweeting at that point. Never tweet. It's, it just makes you worse at your job. Um, I think he said what he could say and he fell on his sword a number of times and then he got sick of following on his sword and said, I don't want to get defensive, but we gave this group a number of chances. And he's right, but that doesn't, you know, I'm just sort of thinking, how do you handle this differently? And to know that, I'd have to know exactly what was said and exactly how quickly this came together. Because it doesn't seem like it was the most that this trade came together in a hot in a hot second you know right. it, it seems it's like it was taught it's been discussed over weeks like and I, I, there were people gathered, it seemed on, on monday and tuesday uh that felt this trade was nearing completion yeah so at that point do you go back to damar and say, look, uh, when I said you weren't going to be traded, it was a completely different scenario. Uh, do you give them that heads up? I think, you know, if there's an error here, and assuming that didn't happen, I think that's probably it. But tomorrow, you know, might still say, I was told this thing, and now I've been traded. It doesn't matter if he came to me again. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I... I feel weird talking about it because I don't know the details, yeah. but uh, had, it's like, really I, unfortunate. And if Masai Ujiri is saying the fault is on him, then we should take him at his word. Um, yeah, from like I had gathered even earlier in the offseason that DeRozan was maybe by choice and by circumstance of everything else that he has going on and his kind of singular focus on basketball and just improving every summer. Um, that he would have been more caught off guard by something like this than Kyle Lowry would have been. Lowry, by the way, who Masai Ujiri said he hasn't spoke with yet and he would understand if he's hurt, um, but who, from what I gather, once that subsides, he will understand the basketball side of it, so long as this works on the court. If anybody's going to understand the basketball side of it, it's Kyle Lowry. Yes, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan is one of, if not his best friends. Kyle Lowry is also insanely competitive and very intelligent. Yeah. If this makes them better, I think he will come to terms with it, assuming that, you know, he is not exceptionally hurt by the way DeMar DeRozan was treated. Yeah, do if, you think he's sad that DeMar and Rudy Gay, who Kyle was, I believe, the best man for Rudy Gay at yeah. his wedding, are together again and he's alone yeah. now? Yeah. I don't know who you get, who get, who you get in here for a right now. And Kawhi Leonard has, like, no friends. Like, Xavier Thames, Tony Snell, and Uncle Dennis. <laughs> um, so, the Tony Snell trade's coming. <laughs> uh, norm for Tony? 
Yeah, I don't think Milwaukee no. does that. No. Um, yeah, Xavier Tams, Raptors 905. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm only like 40% joking about that. Like, Xavier Tams is in Toronto right now. He was Kawhi Leonard's college team. Where did he play last year? Uh, over, he's bounced around so many countries. I forget. Didn't the Raptors draft him and trade him? Technically, yes. Yeah. He was a part of the Andre Bargnani return with Jakob with the pick oh, yeah. game, Jakob Pertle. Uh, they sold it to the Brooklyn Nets on mm. draft night. It was number fifty-eight overall. Yeah. Uh, Thames has had an okay career. Like he had like one and a half solid years in the G League and has had like a nice pro career overseas, playing literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, but he's not an NBA player. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Good defender at the guard spots. Okay. Can't shoot. Okay. Uh, yeah anyway what did you make of uh what Masai said and how it went down yeah I thought I thought he handled it really well for a guy who just arrived and was put on the defensive with a lot of questions uh in a situation that you know requires some delicacy because there is I mean first of all there's a huge risk here and there is a risk that it backfires and it looks like a bad gamble on Ujiri's part and he seems to understand that um, there is a large chunk of the fan base that thinks DeMar DeRozan has been the team's best player. And those people probably care more about the loyalty aspect of this and then also maybe are underestimating the actual on-court upgrade here, yeah. which is substantial. Um, I love DeMar DeRozan, the person, and he was an all-star in the Eastern Conference. There is an order of magnitude between him and Kawhi Leonard yeah. in terms of their value and the way you can play at both ends of the floor with them. Yeah, uh, And then I thought that, yeah, for, for the number of questions Ujiri fielded and the amount of uncertainty there was having yet, not yet sat down face-to-face with Kawhi Leonard, um, I thought it was good. I, I, I think he seems positive that at the very least they'll be able to engage Kawhi Leonard on 2018-19, which is all that really matters because if they make the NBA Finals, which they very well could if Kawhi Leonard is engaged, um, then this will have been worth it. So, And I think... You know, Ujiri mentioned possibly competing for a championship, but, uh, you know, I think I think your best case here is, like, maybe you go six with the Warriors. You never know. It's like, sure, all things being equal, but teams combust. Yeah. Injuries happen. So Who knows? The, probably the question so, I I mean, the Raptors are more likely to combust than the Warriors, yes. but, you know, whatever. Um, okay, so I want to ask some follow-ups about where they go from here. And obviously the dust has to settle... Masai said, yeah, I've been in Kenya. Bobby Webster is... I literally, I took the microphone to basically ask that, and then I was like, you know what? Never mind. (laughs) That's not going to happen. So the first thing that I've been asked probably the most is, well, are the Raptors going to go all in and get, like, another piece for Big 3? First of all, the term Big 3 needs to die. Yeah. It's, like, when you're seeing photoshops of Chris Paul, James Harden, and Carmelo Anthony as a Big 3, we could just, we're shoehorning third guys into Big 3s. Yeah. Like, Serge Ibaka got talked about as an addition to, uh, to be the Raptors' big three. Mm-hmm. Or Jonas Valanciunas, like he, you know. Him and Kyle Lowry are, are it. It's, it's all that's left. Terrence is gone. Dwayne's gone. Nick Nurse. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, Nick Nurse. Been, part, been here. Day since, one-ish. Wow, since 2013. Yeah. Is Jonas the longest tenured Raptor, or was Kyle here first? Uh, Jonas was drafted before in 2011. Yeah. They traded for Kyle in 2012. Okay. They both their first game was both the same game. Oh, okay. Um, but and he's Nick, been and, they, and that was a year ahead of Nick Nurse. Yeah. So Jamma might be the longest tenured member of the Raptors. Basketball organized. Yeah, on the basketball yeah. side. Uh, probably he's been here for a well, while, unless you count Ray Chow. Yeah. 
Massage therapist and stars. Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking strictly basketball, yeah, Jamma might be yeah, the longest. Yeah, the, now. the Raptor is the longest yeah. tenured Raptor. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, day one ish. Day uh, one. Day, so, yeah, yeah. okay, you don't. Do you see any big splash? Like, obviously, there have been rumblings that Jimmy Butler uh, could not be super happy in Minnesota, and you just did some dumb trade machine shit that I was mad at you for. Uh, and then the other name that comes up is Kevin Love, whom would be a reasonable fit and I can't at all see a trade that Cleveland would want to do with Toronto. Yeah, like in any Jimmy Butler I don't think's happening right now. It could happen during the year. Yeah. Like that wouldn't surprise me, but I think Minnesota's going to run this back and see where they are before that happens and see how the, you know, the first 2 months of the season go. Um but Kevin Love, first of all, I'm not that crazy about his fit here. Uh, it is I don't, I don't, to yeah, all the things they just yeah. I don't hate it. I get the point. It, like, you know, it, it does, even though it makes you worse defensively, it probably makes you better offensively uh, um, and better in the net. Uh, but in any trade with him, Cleveland is going to have to take on more years because Kevin Love is a free agent to be. Yes. So, the only way the salary so, works are with Serge Ibaka or Jonas, Jonas right? So, so how how much are you giving him additional uh, additionally than that to yes. make up for the extra year, yes, right? Because, because we've seen salary dumps. So what this is is assuming Cleveland doesn't give a crap about how this year goes, it's a salary dump. Yes, like um, maybe they have some interest in in Jonas Valanciunas, but I'm yeah. not sure why they would give him where they are. Yeah. I mean, he's still young-ish. Yeah. And what did the what did the Nets get for their salary dump this year? A what first did and a second. Yeah. So you I mean, yeah. do you want to do but, that? But, and, and the Raptors traded their 2019 pick with yeah. top 20 protection. So they can't trade a pick until 2021, a first round yeah. pick. And if I'm Cleveland, I'm sitting there and saying, "Okay, well, I want that pick unprotected." Yeah. Or at least like top, only top three protected. Yeah, and the Raptors are laughing. Not only could the Raptors potentially be bad in 2020-21, um, if Kawhi Leonard walks, but that also right now, based on all the reporting that's out there, projects as the double cohort year where the age restriction could come off, and that figures to be a deeper draft class. Yeah. Uh, so if you're Cleveland and you're, you know, Jonas Valanciunas has pos- probably positive asset value still. He just doesn't fit Cleveland's timeline. Serge Ibaka has negative asset value. Yeah. So if you're asking to get Kevin Love back for Serge Ibaka, not only are Love and Valanciunas a weird fit, but you're probably having to give up an unprotected 2021 first. Yeah. And if you're sending out Valanciunas, um, you know, that that is a more... Kevin Love is more workable in place of Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. You're probably also still giving up. I just said so the biggest thing there is I can't see them ever agreeing on protections of that pick and therefore Cleveland would be able to get something better and more imminent Uh, of course I said I can't see the Raptors getting Kawhi Leonard because I thought there'd be better offers and there weren't so you know if you can get him for Ibaka and a top 20 protected pick that conveys into two seconds in 2021 you know sure but I don't (laughs) I don't think that's gonna happen yeah I think Cleveland could do better than that um Although there were rumors today that they might trade Kyle Korver for Jared Bayless just to get out from the second year of Korver's deal, so maybe Cleveland's Clevelanding again. Yeah. Although even even that trade, like as as bad as that trade is for them on player value, yeah. 
they're clearly valuing the caps, the future yeah. cap space. So because Cleveland's gonna gonna swoop in and take all those free agents oh. that they have a long yeah. history of Everyone's doing without LeBron with James. Everybody wants to flee to the Cleve, Lemon. Yes. Um, okay, looking smaller scale than that. I mean, maybe something materializes on either of those. I have trouble figuring out a deal in either case that doesn't require a third team. Yeah. A third team that can probably kick in a pick before 2021. Yeah. Um, smaller scale moves. Yes. There are some free agents out there still. Yes. Uh, there is also the mini mid-level exception to use. And then there's also the possibility to trade one of the surplus of wings for perhaps a front court player. Well, you know, if they can't do that, you know who should they should sign. Maybe. Yes. I'm not even joking. No. Like... Nick Nurse loves him. He knows the team already. Except, like, that he and Kawhi are, like, might be the two most opposite personalities. Right. I mean, they're both sad but a lot of the time. you can't have a team full of guys who are on the same end of that personality yeah. spectrum. Like, I mean, I guess you can, but, like, yeah. Kawhi is quiet. Serge is quiet. OG's quiet. Siakam is, like, not quiet, but... Like mostly sticks to himself. He's just a bit of a. He's like a bit of a clown. Yeah, the is quiet. Fred will speak to the media, but is not. You know, he he fits more on the spectrum with the guys we just named. He's closer to Kyle than he is to Baby. Is what I'm saying. But Kyle, like, I think Kyle is more vocal than. Because a lot of people, a lot of the teammates have said Kyle actually talks more than DeMar talked. He was uh, with the teammate of the year. Yeah. He came seventh. <laughs> it's like one of the yeah. least likely transformations yeah. in uh, NBA history. I think, I think, yeah, Lowry is good. And, and look, you don't need huge voices. Like, you don't need, you know, biz, mm-hmm. certainly. But I do think you well, look JV at this, talks, too. Yeah, I think you look at this team, though. And if you assume that Kawhi's personality extends to how he operates within the team construct, and you take away DeMar DeRozan, um, there's not a leadership void, but like the leaders on this team are Lowry and CJ Miles. Um, Danny, and Danny Green's uh, yeah, Danny Green but he's new, there. so who knows. Yeah. Um, the reason and I you've got a first-year coach. The reason I bring this up, yeah, and a first-year coach. And like through some tumult where they're not going to be able to lean on the continuity when things get difficult yeah. and the familiarity. Um, I mostly bring this up because Jared Dudley and Darrell Arthur were flipped for each other today and it sounds like both might get bought out. And those are the kind of guys that might be amenable to play the 14th man role where you're not seeing a lot of minutes, but you're, you know, shooting depth and front court depth and you also help the locker room. Yeah, but how are you going to get Vincent? Or Vince Carter if he has loosened on his desire to get playing time. I think the biggest roster need right now is a uh another big yes um and so if a trade doesn't happen that's where i'd go i like Bebe. i'm sure there's other names i haven't really scoured the the market to see who i would like have you yeah of course i have uh so what names as bigs jump out to you um there are not a lot <laughs> uh, in terms of the mini mid-level exception i think montreal harrell is probably the only yeah. guy yeah he's good that they would use that money on like the thing is, I know people want them to use the mini mid-level because it's there. Going for it. Yes. Um, also, though, like, if a guy's not worth it, don't throw it at him. And, like, if Montrez Harrell is not going to play a ton... Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and the like, Clippers are just going to match. And then, yeah. I mean, that seems likely. He's yeah. good. 
Yeah. So there are other names out there, but like no one other than it, no I should one, have reached out to Demarcus Cousins in, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not sure that anyone will be that will warrant it. When you look at yeah. you know how often this team figures to play with a wing forward at the four, either OG Ananobi or Kawhi Leonard, um, the minute Serge Ibaka might take it center. You're really, other than that backup center spot, you're not able to commit many minutes to anyone. And even then, you might be like, okay, like, you can carve out 12 for sure. But after that, you know, you might play small some. Jonas's role might expand. Um, so, like, to spend that kind of money and then with the tax bill, they're already in the fourth tax tier. Um, like, that's, that's a lot to, to add a depth piece. So, I'd be playing in the minimum market, which yeah. could get you a Lucas Noguera. Like, you're not getting Clint Capella. You're probably oh, you not getting Montreal so? Harrell. Um, <laughs> you could get, you know, Lucas Noguera. Greg Monroe is, is probably the best guy you could, the best front court player you could get on talent at the minimum, potentially. But he's a really ill fit for the way that the Raptors appear to be sure is. trending. Um, offensively, having a guy who can pass like that from the elbows might be nice Useful. and fun. Yeah. And, and a guy who can operate your corner offense that the Raptors have flashed before. And I think Nick Nurse is going to use more since he'll have more shooting on the floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't think, I don't think that's a spicy name. Yeah, uh, there's just not much spice out there. The issue because is that they all just the guys that are still available yeah. that I like are wings, and the Raptors have 400 wings now. Yeah. Uh, so you're right in you know speculating that a trade might be coming, but yeah. trades are hard to do, yes. uh, irrespective well, someone, of what just went me, on. Someone threw one out there at me, and I don't think Milwaukee would do this, but uh, but someone, you didn't totally crap on it yeah, as usual. Yeah, but someone was like, "Well, what about like Norm Powell and a sweetener for John Henson?" It's like, I don't think, like, Henson on dollar value doesn't make sense for the role he would play. But yeah. Norm Powell doesn't make yeah. dollar sense on the role yeah. he would play. And Henson has a shorter deal. And so what's the what's the sweetener? And Milwaukee has Thonmaker and Brooke Lopez yeah. at the center spot. So, yeah, then it becomes what's the sweetener. And this person suggested Malachi Richardson or a second. And that's, Malachi Richardson is not a sweetener. Yeah. Although he looked very good at Summer League. And I'm not sure a second round pick. First of all, I'm not sure the Raptors are going to be super eager to trade more picks, <laughs> uh, having now surrendered all yeah. of them for the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing you're looking at. And I don't know if moving Norm is. I've always realistic. liked John Hanson. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. Um, I think he's a wrestling fan. Of course, I like him. Uh, and then yeah, he's buddies with Giannis, so every everything's working toward Giannis in 2021 yes. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Except him saying he thinks he's going to be a Milwaukee Buck for life. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan thought he was going to be a Raptor. <laughs> life comes at you fast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and then, you know, Norman Powell could get flipped. CJ Miles is probably more realistic to yeah. get flipped because Danny Green replicates some of what CJ Miles provides on the offensive end. It's still, Miles is better, better than Norman yeah. Powell. Um, and a, he's a better shooter than Danny Green, but not the defender Danny yeah. Green is. So. And he's on a shorter contract than Powell, which makes him easier, easier to, to move. move. Yeah, yeah, he could opt out after the season. So uh, Probably won't. He probably won't. But he, if he has the season he had last year, this year, he will not opt. Yeah. If he shoots above 40% again and enters a friendly market, maybe he does. But I think he would be... Um, so yeah, maybe you flip CJ Miles. Someone has I've seen people throw at Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell makes eight figures for the next three years. I don't think that's a realistic target. Um, but that, yeah, you might be able to kick the tires on some stuff like that. So in general, Eric, we are 35 minutes deep. We should let this go. Um, your takeaways from today? How, how do you? Let's take your temperature. Um, it just underscored how sick Masai Ujiri was of the same result. Yes. Which. 
is how most fans felt in May. Uh, and the most honest thing he said all day was if we did nothing, we would have been killed for doing nothing. And rightly, I don't think he said unrightly so, but, and rightly so, I'm saying it. Um, not that you have to do something, but, you know, he, and this was my analysis, uh, after, on the day of the trade, it was evidence that he stopped believing in what was there. Dwayne Casey was the first sign of that, and the DeRozan move is absolute confirmation, and I can't fault him for that. I agree. No, I was getting a little, you know, one more year of the same stuff. I would have been a little sick of it too, maybe. Yeah. They're certainly more interesting today. Yeah, the year is, uh, it will be fascinating, even if the quotes will not be. Yes. Um, so we will probably talk to you again sometime soon. I'd assume they might not make Kawhi Leonard do an introductory press conference if he really doesn't want to. I'd sure love to talk to Danny Green. Seems like a guy I like talking to. Yeah. But uh, we might talk to you guys again soon because there might be trickle-down moves to address. At uh, least we, once before I go to yeah, Portugal in we September. may get clarity on the on how Kawhi Leonard feels or yeah. whether he's going to show up. Uh, and then we can talk more basketball stuff. I really think he's going to show up. Stuff. Yeah, he's, he's not going to risk $20 million and his status as an unrestricted free agent. Masai Jerry will play chicken with that BS yeah. all day. Like, and like this. Masai Ujiri is not going to suck up to Kawhi Leonard. No. He's going to sell the hell out of him. Yeah. But he's not. He part of that selling will be challenging. Yeah. The, the trump card that Masai is going to have is the language in the CBA that prevents a holdout, and you know, a guy risks. It, it, like it's. It's not even so much the money. It's that, you know. Hey, do you really want to get into? Like a not maybe not a legal battle in the courts, but like, do you really want to be arguing over the the wording here as to whether if you don't report, you're even a free agent and can go to LA next year? Yeah, no, I don't think he does. Yeah, like if he can dangle that, and I don't think I think that's the last card he'd want yeah. to play. But you know, that's that's probably in the back of his mind why he was confident this could work for at least a year yeah. because Leonard has a lot to lose. Sure does. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors do have something to lose, but I think more on the PR front than on the actual basketball front. Yeah. Uh, that's my takeaway. Also, I hope DeMar DeRozan's very happy under Greg Popovich, and I, I hope he does well. Yeah. Um, I know people don't like hearing about media stuff. Beat writer Minutia. Uh, I wrote it on Instagram yesterday and on Twitter. Uh, the, the first two All-Stars I covered were Chris Bosh and DeMar DeRozan both as patient and thoughtful as you could hope. Uh, and I don't know what that means in the end. I don't call them good people because of that, although I lean in that direction regardless. Um, there have been lots of crappy quotes who mm -hmm. I've thought are good people, uh, and I could be wrong about all of it, but he'll be missed just from a personality standpoint. Uh, he did a lot for the city. He genuinely cared, and... You, you know, most athletes, especially of his stature, in this situation, wouldn't have been like him. And that's what makes it so difficult for the team. My first post of Raptors Republic was a DeMar DeRozan draft reaction. End of an era. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Eric, thank you. Thank you. See ya. It's too late to be a reasonable man.